welcome to this episode of CX Appeal. I'm Yad Jora, Product Marketing Manager at Netcall, and I'm joined today by our Chief Innovation Officer, Richard Farrell, and our Chief Technology Officer, Richard Billington. We're going to look at how low-code and RPA can combine to make big customer experience improvements within organizations, and also how joining these automated processes overseen by people and working together alongside other tasks can unleash the true power of automation. Richard, can we begin by explaining exactly what RPA is, please? Yeah, I mean, we've probably all heard, haven't we, in um, news and tech blogs and so on, how robots are going to take over the world and we're all going to lose our jobs and robots are going to be doing everything for us. And you know, the, the reality is that isn't the case. What we've seen is organisations utilising robots to remove that sort of repetitive, you know, grunt work for want of a better phrase, um, where you know within a huge organisation you will have you know teams that the process activity whatever that might be, and that will involve a lot of copying and pasting from different systems, validating data that's been entered to ensure it's correct, um, and that is you know repetitive work that follows a very strict understood process um, and therefore rather than having a human do it um, you can build a robot to perform that activity uh, and you can build it in a way that doesn't require lower level integration and that's you know often a challenge for enterprise organizations um, these robots will sit on a desktop machine and mimic the UI interactions that a human would do. So they'll open application A, they'll copy some data, they'll paste it into application B. Um, and rather than a human doing that over and over and over again during a day, they can be freed up to do you know, more important, higher value work that requires you know, a, a human's intervention. Um, and you know, clearly a robot when it's scripted will be better at it. They won't make you know, human mistakes. Uh, and they'll also be quicker. And that's where we start to see some of the return on investment, some of the benefits you can get from implementing RPA within your organisation. Yeah, one way that we often need to approach it is for systems that don't have APIs or other forms of software interfaces. So robots can quite often be used to get data to form a an API facade, if you like, to get data from systems and add them to systems that don't have other methods of direct integration. So there are legacy systems or proprietary systems that can be very hard to get access to at the data level. So RPA gives an option to have a, an API facade, if you like, a way of getting that data in and out of systems. Great, thank you. Um, isn't it true to say that there's also been a lot of industry interest in RPA at the moment, particularly in certain sectors like healthcare? Uh, has there been a lot of demand and a lot of call from our customers for us to add RPA to our platform? It's certainly the case that RPA has had a lot of interest. Um, if we like, if we like to look at a Gartner hype cycle, it's right at the top of the hype cycle at the moment, and there has been interest across um, a variety of vertical sectors. Um, as with most technologies, a lot of this started off actually in financial services where there was uh, some of the early adopters. Um, health is one that's interesting at the moment. And the reason for that is partly because um, there are lots and lots of silos of um, information living in different health systems. So a method to automate processes using multiple systems in health often requires 
multiple forms of integration. And of course, in health, we've seen that we've had to do things slightly differently with things like the on-premise adapter. So getting data into and out of create and converse um, is, is a challenge with some of those health systems. Um, it's also fair to say that RPA can um, deliver quick wins and quick benefits if you can identify repetitive tasks which take people a lot of time to do um, and they follow rules and logic then they can be automated and that also frees staff up to do more interesting things. We've got the example with Liberty RPA in use in a hospital in Belgium and in that example um, it was looking at a financial services um, application um, in terms of invoicing and so on um, but by automating that they were able to free up half an FTE just for one process so one process with one robot was half a person's time so that can be scaled and multiplied in many many different areas within health yeah, another good example actually from from that hospital customer was um, a robot that they'd set up to um, almost data mine uh, a patient's health record to look for signs that that patient might be um, susceptible to diabetes, which I thought was a great use case. You know, it's something that maybe uh, a doctor or a, a clinical assistant might otherwise have done manually, but clearly they can't do that on scale. You can't have someone sat there just reading through patient records. They're going to, again, boring job, um, that they're likely to miss things, whereas a robot doesn't find anything boring. So they were using that just to look for those key indicators and then flag up patients that should be manually assessed by a doctor thereafter. So something slightly different from what you know we might consider a typical RPA use case where we, we keep talking about you know repetitive work, integration, you know, and they are obvious use cases for RPA, but actually, you know, there are a, a number of other ways in which that technology can be utilized. OK, let's move on. So, uh, Rich, I'm going to direct this at you first, if I may. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about the features and capabilities of the Liberty RPA offering? Um, I can, yeah. So um, it, it follows, a, I suppose, a pretty standard RPA model of um, some software that allows you to record the UI interaction. So that's something that you'll uh, as, a, as an administrator, as somebody who's been tasked with setting this functionality up, you'll download this software onto your desktop um, and then you will use what we refer to as activities um, to record the different um, UI interactions, the different um, sort of interactions with the software on that desktop that you wish to perform. So um, it's, it's simply a case of having uh, a number of process steps. So you know you start, you log into a browser, you uh, authenticate, you search for some data, you copy some data, you take that data and paste it into a different system, you capture the result, you maybe communicate to someone the success that that's happened, and then you can end. A very basic example, obviously, um, but you build this uh, flow up using these activities. Uh, and then once that's recorded, um, you can log in to your web-based portal um, and you can set that um, flow up to, to execute. Now, it might execute based on a schedule. So at nine o'clock every morning, go and do this. It might execute on an inbound API uh, call being received to initiate that robot. So you could imagine if your robot forms part of a bigger overall process, that overall process can get to a point and say, right, trigger the robot to go and perform this action for me, get the result back, 
and then we can move on through the additional steps. So you, you can imagine uh, Liberty Crate, our local platform, firing off these robots at certain process steps to perform um, to perform these activities. Uh, and then obviously the portal allows you to capture whether it was successful, if it wasn't successful, what happened, a complete audit trail of all of the activities, uh, what happened when, uh, and if there were any errors, what errors were received. So is it designed uh, just for IT people or can business people use it too? No, not at all. I mean, we, we followed the standard uh, process for all of our Liberty product sets um, that they should ultimately be able to be used by either what refer to as citizen developers or certainly non-technical users. Um, so they'll be delivered um, using a nice clear UI. Um, as you know, one of the, um, the, the, the sort of the strengths, the benefits of Liberty Crate is we have a consistent UI throughout our entire product portfolio. So whether you are building, configuring, testing, monitoring, it's all delivered via that that one UI, which like I say is a bit different to some of our peers in the market who um, have a number of technologies that are pulled together to present an offering. We've been built from the ground up and therefore we deliver it in a very consistent way. Uh, and therefore anyone who's been trained to use uh, any one element of the Liberty platform will be able to be cross-trained, will be able to pick up other elements as well. So no, you don't need to be a developer. You don't need to be over, overly technical. You just need training on how to use our specific product and you'll be able to get up and running very quickly. Excellent. Uh, Richard, there's a very important AI element to the Liberty RPA solutions, isn't there? There's a, there's a really important one, and that's um, to improve robot resilience. So one of the challenges with the first wave of robotic process automation is that in practice in the field, organisations have found it quite hard to scale. Foresters say that 50% of deployments are 10 robots or fewer. And most of the reports that we get both anecdotally and in research is that one of the challenges is that when processes or UIs change, the robot fails. And if you have other parts of processing dependent now on this robot step, it can snowball very quickly. It's also the case that um, because it's robotic and programmed, um, you can also um, scale errors really quickly if you're not careful. So it, it, it's not um, just fire and forget, just build your robot and it will work forever. The UI change is a, is a classic one that makes it fail. Trying to make the robot more resilient is, is key. And the way that they've approached this is to use artificial intelligence as part of the build and run steps. So when Richard mentioned the components earlier on and talking about the robot living on the local machine, what it can do at certain points in its flow is use computer vision not to look for a specific tag or specific text on a field, but an icon, a picture. If that picture moves, the computer vision can still find it on the screen. So if you look at an icon on a desktop, for example, it doesn't matter where it is anymore. Um, it doesn't have to be the exact pixels. Doesn't You don't have to worry about um, HTML tags or IDs or anything. All you need to do is to have an image. Now this requires the robot to um, send some information back to a, a central service, which is where the AI takes place and then it executes again back on the desktop. So that computer vision as part of the robot build and operation um, does improve resilience, means fewer errors. Again, it widens the scope of applications as well. 
um, you're not so tied into the constraints. What we see with many of the other vendors is that they added AI capabilities as part of their roadmap over time. AI sits in a separate pot, in a separate platform, not integrated directly with the robot, um, where you have a separate AI platform that you have to sort out all of your good AI and computer vision stuff, and then your robot needs to integrate with that. So it's extra expense, extra work. Now, these third-party AI platforms have loads of capabilities, but that's not what people necessarily need at the moment. What we need is practical and pragmatic uses of AI. And computer vision is one of those key ones. It's, it's going to be a key differentiator. So that's one element um, that makes it really different. Um, the other one is associated. And again, it's some more practical AI, um, which is optical character recognition. Again, many platforms require you to set up optical character recognition as a separate um, platform or a separate solution to your robot. So if you've got your robot doing something, it needs to read some text on the page. And then rather like we do with Create at the moment, I suppose, we can send it off to a third party platform. The third party platform does its business. Back we get with some data that we can use in the process. They were able to build machine learning and other models, um, optical character recognition, bake it into the standard solution. So optical character recognition is part of the solution. It's not a third party extra, it's not extra cost. What does that mean? It means um, you can deploy it more rapidly. It means you've got a wider number of range of use cases. Also scalability. It means that every robot can have this capability without having to massively scale a central AI platform as well, which again is another challenge with some of the other models. Uh, we already automate processes in Liberty Create. So how is Liberty RPA and Liberty Create going to work together? Obviously, two two elements of our Liberty platform. So as with all um, of, of the different uh, solutions within the platform, they, they work and integrate very tightly together. That's one of the benefits, obviously, uh, of using them. Um, so the Liberty Create platform will allow you to implement and orchestrate um, your robots. So you will be able to, uh, through the rules engine, fire a robot um, to go off and perform um, the, the flow of activities that you've recorded. Um, and uh, I think, as I mentioned, um, the robot will be able to interact with the Liberty Create UI as well, as well as the Liberty Create um, APIs that are available. Um, so much as you build a solution um, within Liberty Create that humans can use, robots will be able to use them uh, essentially in exactly the same way. If we just take a step back, it does mean that the scope of our automations is wider. So we go into a lot of um, engagements. And of course, we have had a mindset of um, digital integration and API integration and, and software interfaces. So it's just that we can now just take a little bit of a step back and consider more systems and more elements that can be automated. Um, so we, it's not just business as usual. This gives us more strings to our bow with Create as well. So we can do more low code because we can get to the data and get to these legacy systems as well. In terms of your your whole cycle of transformation, you know, understanding your pain points, delivering a solution, 
and then iteratively improving it, you know, the robot can come in at that slightly earlier stage to almost give you the breathing space, the time that you need, free up the individuals within that department so that rather than doing that grunt work, they're involved in the transformation projects. Because as we know, you can use Liberty Crate without a development background. So they can be trained and they are the subject matter experts. They know what the customer needs, what the business needs. So rather than having them copying and pasting data around, set a robot up, the robot does that, they get involved in the digital transformation projects and you've brought that knowledge into the team that's ultimately going to deliver, you know, the new way of working moving forward. And there's definitely a, a commercial opportunity there. Many of the technology analysts are quite explicit that when you deploy RPA, you should also be planning to replace that legacy system. So if we can start with that mindset as well, when we go into an engagement, rather than just, you know, waiting for the customer to remove the legacy system if they can, that can be part of the plan. Um, okay, so we'll do the tactical thing now, we'll, we'll do the robots, we'll automate, we'll get it as quick as we can. We'll automate a bad process perhaps, but we'll, we'll do it better, we'll reduce heads. Right, now we've got the tool set, let's see how we can plan to do this properly in the longer term the 2B process, um, cut out the duplication. There's a, there's a whole load of good things we can do there. Ultimately, it will reduce time, it will reduce cost, and that will improve customer experience. Uh, two more questions for you. The first one, what's this going to mean for customers? What are the benefits for them? What will it mean that they can do now that they couldn't do before? What it means for customers is a wider scope of automation. They can automate more processes. More automation means fewer errors, lower cost, better experience. So that's what it's all about. I mean, the, the outcomes in all of these cases are faster and lower cost. Now, what they can do, uh, I mentioned, you know, take a step back. We've now got a wider scope that we can automate. So that's, that's different. And then there will be specific tasks um, that are already uh, human-centric around Liberty applications. So, you know, for many of our applications, um, currently, we are um, taking files of data, CSV files, and uploading them into other applications. Over the years, we've used other tools. We've used Eden and other bits and pieces to try and help with these data interchanges. Um, but we still hit a blocker with some systems that are hard to get data from. So if we're doing something that might be um, appointment reminders, there may be a health system, a health EHR system that somebody needs to actually log on to do their work, create that file, which is then ingested into our application. So now we've got also got the scope where we can move sort of adjacent to what we're already doing with our existing products. Okay, how does that data get into us? Right, can we automate that? I mean, I see that as the, the, key, the key benefit. They can do more. Um, they're not constrained. We're not restricted to things with software interfaces or having to throw people at particular steps. All of the benefits of the rest of the Liberty platforms are still there. Um, they're amplified because we can widen the scope of process automation. Yeah, like you know, like Richard said, there will be a range of use cases within an organisation, and one tool will be right um, or, or better, a better option, a quicker option to deploy um, than the other. Um, we'll be making both available, and we're making them available through a single supplier relationship, which is always beneficial for an organisation. They are both wholly owned by Netcall, they're going to work better together than two, you know, disparate third parties. So, uh, final question then, 
what we've been hearing about Liberty RPA and Liberty Create combination sounds really powerful. Uh, where do you see us heading in the future? I certainly think we want to strengthen our attended RPA proposition. There's definitely some work that we can do there to, to really make available um, robots um, that not only run in the background doing that sort of repetitive work that we've mentioned a few times, um, but actually sitting and assisting an agent, a user, um, so that they can initiate the bots themselves, but then also the bots can interact back with a human. So the bots going off, it's doing some work, it finds an anomaly, it requires an input, bang, it can pop it up to the user, the user can interact with it. Um, I think it, you know, it's referred to sometimes as human in the loop. Uh, and that just means that you know when a robot needs an input, it doesn't uh, error, it doesn't stop. It just asks the question of the user, the user answers it, the user provides that human knowledge, that human experience, and then the robot can go off and continue uh, with the grunt work in the background. We knew a lot of the RPA that was initially deployed was in the background, you know, just churning away, whereas now bringing it to the fore, putting it in front of a user or an agent, you know, really does increase the value that it can offer. I think that's right. The history has been about um, repetitive work. As we move forward with some of the capabilities, especially with more process automation and more AI, um, we can start to address different types of work, work that becomes more unique. There's, there's been a lot of interest in assistant contact center agents. Um, we know from Contact Babel, many agents have four or five applications on their desktop. One of the key drivers in the contact center is to reduce after call work so people can get more calls handled in the peak. If that after call work involves typing data into multiple systems, why not have a robot do that for you? But it's adding more value. And again, by doing that, um, you can reduce time, which means you can handle more calls in the peak. It also means you improve quality, fewer errors between the systems. And when you get the data more quickly as well, if, for example, an inbound call needs to grab data from multiple systems, if you can use a robot to do that instantly, then you can deliver a better customer experience as well. Um, we also have people who are expert workers, and that will to change over time. There's a concept of digital assistance. Why not have a robot on your desktop performing the tasks that are repetitive that you currently do? I mean, what, the, what we're also going to be able to do um, practically is we're going to be able to share flows. And this is something that should be um, ripe for the community and, and easy to share. And so we will um, come up with specific flows for specific applications, for example, and specific um, work types. So we will also be able to leverage the community so that that will be key, certainly in our non-competitive markets. You know, NHS trusts don't need to compete with each other to get competitive value. So if one of them builds a flow that, you know, um, checks appointment data in a, in a pass, for example, well, why, why can't that be shared with all other NHS trusts? And, you know, we know and we've seen within our local government customer base a real willingness um, to build that community and, and to share the work that they do to save themselves the cost of, of each doing it individually. Um, RPA will be a massive extension that we'll have a dedicated section on our community site and we'll build some uh, community forums and community events around the RPA activity in exactly the same way we've done with our with our low code offering. You now we've now got another capability to offer, especially in combination with Create. You know the the two products now 
really are powerful. And then, you know, both of those can be embedded in a converse contact center, giving agents um, the ability to interact with them. You know, they really do fit nicely together. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what our customers do with it. As we're giving them a tool. They're going to be able to go away and, and innovate. You know, it's just going to be really interesting to see what they do, what benefits they get. Uh, and then hopefully, like we say, share that amongst the wider community to save everyone the effort, which is, is ultimately what we're all about. Richard Farrell, Richard Billington, thank you both for sharing your thoughts and insights today. If you'd like further information on Liberty RPA and Liberty Create, please take a look at our website. You can visit netcall.com slash intelligent automation for lots more information on these topics. Thanks for listening today. Goodbye from all three of us. Um...